Hey, what's up, guys? I'm so glad you joined our podcast. Super excited because my friend Joe Lamont came in this past Sunday and shared an amazing word. And so you're about to listen to it. Uh, he's talking about going from darkness to light. It's going to be an amazing time. So I'm glad you're able to listen. If you enjoy it, share it, subscribe, do whatever you need to do. Give it to your friends. It's an amazing message. All right, enjoy. What is up, my friends? How are you feeling tonight? Everybody uh, familiar with spoken word before that? Or is anybody, that's the first time you ever heard anything like that? Very cool, very cool. Well, uh, I don't want to talk too much about myself. I think the Bible is way more fascinating than I am. Uh, but my name is Joe. I am a next-gen pastor in Youngstown, Ohio, along with my wife, Bree. And uh, how many of you are super excited uh, for Pastor George and his bride? Because they're pregnant, right? Yeah, yeah, super excited. Uh, so just like Pastor George, like this is super, super crazy. It's really cool. So uh, I'm kind of on like a mini like tour of like central Florida. So I've been to multiple churches and ministries and every one of my friends uh, who have brought me in so far uh, are either pregnant or just had a baby and uh, we're pregnant too. And so it's pretty crazy. So um I always love saying that because girls get way more excited than uh, than guys. Girls are like, oh, and guys are like, oh, cool, man, like, like, yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, so yeah, uh, it's it's been an awesome, awesome time here in Florida, and I'm so grateful to hang out with you guys uh, tonight. Tomorrow we go back to Ohio, and uh, this is the first time I've got to preach down here in Florida since I was like 19 and a college kid, so I'm excited. Every other place I've been has, has just been spoken word, uh, so thanks for letting me come in. Pastor George, thanks for having me. One thing I want to do, because I haven't got to do this yet, um, but accompanying me on this trip, doing all like this the cool stuff making me look way cooler than I am on social media photo video uh, I brought uh, Doyle with me he's a Bible school student in Ohio and uh, can we give it up for him real fast meet him if you're a creative person meet him before you leave this place because he is incredible uh, incredibly gifted so that's all I told you I didn't want to talk about myself a lot and I'm done now we're gonna talk about the Bible anybody you love the Bible yeah, uh, my goal every time I teach is to make you fall in love with the Bible even more. Uh, and I kid you not, if you can give me about a half an hour of your time tonight, uh, I'm going to share a story with you that could change your life. It could change your life. It could change your perspective. Uh, there's somebody in the room that this might change everything for you. Um, and it won't be anything that I say. It's going to simply come from this sacred text we know as the Bible. Okay? Uh, so, uh, we're going to be in John's Gospel today. We're going to have all these scriptures pulling up behind me. And we're going to have kind of like a whirlwind through the Gospel of John. This whole thing is themed tonight out of the darkness. Uh, were you able to keep up with my spoken word for the most part? Um, okay, cool. Because uh, that's basically uh, the tattoo outline. You can tell I, I, I got tattoos. I like tattoos. Uh, tattoos. That's basically the tattoo outline, and I'm going to go in through the message, and I'm going to bleed in the color to that spoken word. So this whole theme is out of the darkness, okay? Does that sound good? So uh, let's pray, and then we're going to jump right in. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for the power of the Holy Spirit here in this room, for the power of the Holy Spirit when we worship and lift your name up, God. We know that you inhabit the praises of your people. We ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, or Father, from, uh, from 6th grade, 
grade, through 12th grade, even for that leader who's desperate for a word for you in this room tonight, that you will speak so clearly in Jesus' name. And everybody said, all right, you can do a little bit better than that. And everybody said, dope. All right, John 1, 1 through 5 says this, uh, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. All right? That's where we're starting. Get ready. Put on your seatbelt. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, put on their seatbelt. All right, because we're about to go all through this, this, this gospel of John in kind of like supersonic speed today. But first, we're going to start with John 1. John 1, 1 through 5. You ready? In the beginning. In the beginning. There's another book that says in the beginning in the Bible. Anybody know what it is? Genesis, right. So what is John doing here? John is taking the Genesis story, the Genesis narrative, and he's kind of reframing it, and he's giving it even deeper, more significant meaning. And he says, in the beginning was the word. There's a Greek word for the word, word. Greek word for the word, word. That word is logos. Basically, logos or logos, however you want to pronounce it, uh, there was this idea among the Greeks that... um, they believed that there was this pre-existing thing, pre-existing idea, pre-existing concept in which all creation came to be. There was just this thing that all the world was created through. And John says, no, it wasn't a thing, a concept, or idea. It was a person, and his name was Jesus. Everything comes to be through Jesus. So look at this. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the... Of all mankind, the that was better, shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I've got a question for you today. Uh, anybody afraid of the dark? Real talk. Yep. Yep. Has everybody in this room at least at some point been afraid of the dark? Like, you know? You've been playing hide-and-go-seek, you get lost in the woods, you're wondering where all your friends are, you're freaked out, right? See, I grew up and I was uh, extremely afraid of the dark. I'm talking five and six years old. I would uh, sleep with a nightlight. I would sleep with my closet light on. Uh, my parents had this great idea. You won't even know what any of this is. Maybe you youth leaders. They, they let me watch this movie called Mothman Prophecies. Uh, it was like when I was like eight years old. Like, why did my parents let me do that? I had zero idea ever. And, and I was like... I like went to sleep every night in fear and trepidation. I was so scared. And uh, so I started, uh, I started just sneaking in my parents' room and sleeping on the floor. I, was, uh, I got a pull-out bed in my sister's room. I'm talking until I was like 10. I would sleep uh, with a light on or in somebody else's room because I was terrified. Right? And then there was this show that came on. There was a little commercial, Youth Leaders, you might remember this too. And it said, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I thought, well, this is great because I am afraid of the dark. This will be like therapy. And then I turn in, tune into this show, and it's a scary show. So it makes me even more afraid of the dark. So at this point, I'm just like, I'm, I'm screwed. I'm like, I'm scared. I'm scared of the dark. And uh, I never recovered. I still sleep with a nightlight. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just kidding. But um, I was afraid of the dark, right? Uh, 
But I want to flip that on its head and tell you something tonight. Did you know that the biggest question humanity faces is not, are you afraid of the dark? But it's, are you afraid of the light? Are you afraid of the light? Let me go back to that first book in the Bible real fast and let me explain myself. Remember Genesis, where we first start? Uh, Adam and Eve, they eat from the fruit of a tree that they weren't supposed to. And what's the very first thing they do? They hide. Human beings, we prefer darkness. We prefer taverns. We prefer caves. We prefer not lit up spaces. Because when we walk into the light, the light is a revealer. The light is an exposer. And we have to ask ourselves this question, and you should ask this que- yourself this question, young person tonight in this room, not are you afraid of the dark, but are you afraid of the light? Are you afraid of the light? Because the Bible says in the first book, uh, uh, first chapter of John's gospel, he wants to make sure that you know that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Now, I told you, we're going we're gonna to start speeding through this. We're going to race because I want you to notice this. This whole theme of darkness and light is all throughout John's gospel. The entire theme is about darkness and light. And in fact, I believe John picks on somebody in his gospel to illustrate this theme. It's actually who I wrote that spoken word about that you just heard. Anybody know? No cheating. Anybody know who that spoken word was about? Yeah? Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus. And uh, we're going to dive in now to John 3. Are you ready? John 3. Wow, that was really convincing. Are you ready? Dope. All right, John 3, 1 and 2 says this. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. See, uh, in our culture, uh, we like to speed read. You, you do that in school, right? You do that in school, you speed read, you try to get, uh, or how about the Sparks notes? <laughs> Spark notes got me through like the first two years of college because I was a lazy bum. And, uh, and I was supposed to read like this 450-page book one time for philosophy class. And I read zero pages of it. And uh, I went on Sparks Notes, and I still got like a C or a B on my paper. And I was like, praise be to God. And God said, I don't want your praise, you moron. Stop cheating on your stuff, right? Uh, no, God does want my praise, but not in that circumstance, right? Um, so we're taught to speed read. Uh, and you, you, there's this phrase in culture that says the devil's in the details, but I don't believe that. I believe the treasure's in the details. I believe the treasure's in the details. I, I believe the spirit's in the details. So look at this. Two verses, and you have so much about the story uh, that you, you're going to really need to know. It says, there's a man, he was a Pharisee, uh, and he was a member of the Jewish ruling council. So Nicodemus, you ready? Nicodemus was a man of power. He was a man of prestige. He was a man of popularity. He probably had nice possessions. And I just really like the letter P, so let's give, just keep going with this, right? Anybody, your name uh, starts with P in the house? Not one person. Interesting. That's a weird, that's a weird question to ask and not get a response to, I guess. Uh, so he's this man that has pretty much everything he could want at the grip of his fingers. He has influence. 
He's looked up to. He probably has a lot of money because of his position. And uh, it says that he visited Jesus when? Hmm. He visits Jesus at night. So we're going to give Nicodemus a little nickname, Nick at night. Uh, he visits Jesus at nighttime, and uh, he says this to Jesus. Um, he says, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. What's he say? Who knows? But who's with him? <laughs> Nobody. So we have this Pharisee, we have this prominent, prestigious, popular person, uh, and guess what? He says, we believe in Jesus, but he's all alone, and he's visiting Jesus at night. Huh, interesting. Let's keep going. So Jesus really doesn't take it very easy on this guy, poor guy. Uh, Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Right? And really just a weird thing right here. Jesus just kind of takes it there. Um, like, I think like it, it, the equivalent would be like if you walked up to somebody and said, Hey, what's up? My name is Joe and I'm a born-again Christian. And they would be like, what, is it, what do you mean by that, born again? And that's kind of what happens to Nicodemus. Jesus just takes it there. And he, he's kind of just trying to mess with his mind a little bit, I think. Like, if you don't think Jesus had a sense of humor, you are wrong. Because Jesus said weird stuff all the time. And he just let people trip, like, all over it. Like, what is he talking about? Um, and so Jesus says, uh, hey, you got to be born again. And Nicodemus' mind just starts racing. Like, what? Like, first off, that's impossible. Second off, that's disgusting. <laughs> like, go back up into where I came out of. Like, that does not sound good. You might have caught it in my spoken word. I said, especially if that woman's buried in the dirt. Uh, odds are Nicodemus' mom was dead at this point. Um, it, uh, we don't know that for sure. That's just kind of me playing with the idea a little bit. But uh, he's like, that's impossible. What are you talking about, Jesus? You're a weirdo. And, um, and Jesus says this. Very truly, this is verse 5, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water, that's baptism, right, in the Spirit, that's supernatural Holy Spirit coming into your life. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So Jesus basically says, Nicodemus, I'm talking about something otherworldly. I'm not talking about entering back into your mother. I'm not talking about um, just some, some crazy concept. I'm talking about... Uh, a different type of birth. Nicodemus is still, still tripping. He says, how can this be? And Jesus says, I love, Jesus is like, sometimes he's just not nice to people, and it's awesome. Uh, you think like Jesus is just like, look, oh, I'm nice to everybody. No, Jesus loves everybody, but sometimes love's aggressive in its pursuit, y'all. Just saying. Uh, you are, is, ladies, make that fellow work a little bit harder. Um, you are, is, you guys didn't get excited about that even, ladies. Ladies, make them work harder. You got permission, right? 
Uh, you are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then uh, will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one's ever gone into heaven except for the one who came from heaven, the son of man. Jesus is talking about himself here. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. So Jesus is pointing to himself rather subversively, and he uses this story in the Old Testament. Basically what happened in the Old Testament was that Israel sinned, and uh, God said, uh, okay, because you sinned, I'm sending a plague of snakes. So the Israelites got bit, and Moses cries out to God, hey, stop letting my people get bit. And he says, okay, why don't you lift up your staff in the wilderness and make it like a snake, and it will become like a snake. And when people look at that, they'll be healed. And Jesus one day is going to be lifted up. On a wooden cross, and when people look to him, they'll be healed. He's likening it to the situation in Moses. Now, most famous scripture in all of America. Any guesses? John 3.16. And we're not even going to read it. We're not even going to read it. I'm going to skip it. Don't tell your Bible teacher if you go to Christian school. Uh, I'm going to skip it, right? Because you already know that part. Most people know John 3.16, but they don't know anything that comes around John 3.16. Check this out. So Nicodemus, we got to recap. Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the nighttime. He says, we believe in you, Jesus, kind of, like, I don't know. But he's all alone. So he's afraid to visit Jesus due to his position. He's afraid to visit Jesus due to what it will cost him. Mm. Rhetorical question. You ever been there? You ever been there? Afraid to give it all to Jesus because you do not know what it will cost. Because it just might cost you everything. And here is Nicodemus. And listen to how John ends chapter 13 or chapter 3. Watch this. He says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Why do you think John says that again? Who's he talking about? He's talking about Nicodemus. So remember in John 1, I told you, you got to stay with me. But if you stay with me, I promise we're going to get somewhere very, very cool. In, in about 15 minutes, we're going to get somewhere very, very cool if you stay with me. John starts his gospel with this contrast and theme between light and darkness. And now Nicodemus is personifying the struggle between light and darkness. Nicodemus is searching for light, but still stuck in the darkness. He's still Nick at night, if you will. So, what happens? Story over? No, Nicodemus shows up again. 
John 7, 45 through 52. Now, you have to understand that John's gospel, remember, I want to teach you, I want to teach you the Bible. Pastor Joe can't stay with you all the time. Pastor George can't stay with you. Your amazing youth leaders uh, can't stay with you all the time. You know what can, though? Scripture, the Word of God. So if we can teach you how to read the Bible, and not just to get hyped up about some spoken word or preacher, but teach you how to read the Bible, that's going to last you forever. These stories can change your life. John 7, in John's rapidly moving gospel, this is the middle of John, and check out what happens. John 7, 45 through 52. If you're getting a little sleepy, smack yourself in the face and don't let yourself fall asleep because you're going to want to pay attention to this. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards replied. You mean he has deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted. Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. So check it. They wanted the, uh, the chief guards and stuff to arrest Jesus. And so they're, they're kind of waiting their opportunity to seize Jesus. And Jesus is such a, a dumbfounding, prolific communicator that they don't even know what to do with him. And, and, and so they come back and they, don't ha they haven't arrested Jesus, right? And, uh, and, and the Pharisees are like, yo, where's Jesus? And they're like, oh, man. Like, that dude's pretty insane. Like, he's pretty cool. And they're like, you morons. Like, you had one job, right? You had one job. Arrest this man. Bring him in. And they're like, oh, sorry. Like, he's pretty fascinating. Nobody's ever spoke like him, right? And, so, and then they say, the Pharisee speaks up and he says, what? You, you guys believe in him? None of us believe in him. But listen to who shows up in the story. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, and who was one of their own number, asked, does the law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? If you're attracted with my spoken word, that's when I said, when I spoke up saying we should at least hear him out. You could hear a pin drop. You could hear an ant shout. That's where Nicodemus steps up and he says, but, but hey, shouldn't we at least hear this Jesus guy out? Listen to the response he gets. They replied, are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you'll find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. So now Nicodemus, John chapter 7, middle of John's gospel, now he's starting to put his neck on the line a little bit for Jesus. He's still behind closed doors. It's where they'd have their follow-up meetings. They would gossip about people, especially Jesus. And, and they're having these conversations. But I want you to see a, a kind of a, a, a gradual progression to what's happening here. In John 3, Jesus is visited by Nicodemus in the dead of night. And now in John 7, Nicodemus is kind of like, maybe Jesus isn't as crazy as y'all think he is. It appears that we have in the middle of John's gospel that Nicodemus is straddling the line between light and darkness. You ever been there? Have you ever felt stuck in between light and dark? Have you ever had incredible faith in one moment but extreme doubt 
in the next. Have you ever wanted to follow Jesus with everything you had after a Sunday night youth service, but by Monday night, you're starting to question the whole thing? You ever been there? The reason I love the story of Nicodemus and the reason I think that the story of Nicodemus could change our lives is because Nicodemus' story is so many of our stories. He's wrestling, he's walking the line of light and dark. He's tempted to come into the light, but he's still afraid and prefers darkness, prefers being hidden. What areas of your life, y'all, what areas of your life tonight, illuminate use, are you hiding from the Lord? What pain, what rejection, what insecurity, what fear, what thing is keeping you from walking into the full light of Jesus? I often say this at our student ministry, because whatever is not revealed, God cannot heal. See, we get afraid of the light because we think that the light's just to expose. But the light only exposes so that we can be fully healed, fully discovered. You know, when Jesus talks about, pe- like, uh, so, like y- y- if you take a lot of, like, the judgment passes- passages in the New Testament out of Jesus' own mouth, he never says, depart from me, for you didn't know enough about me, bozo. He never says, hey, you didn't have a Bible degree, you suck. No, he says, depart from me, for I never knew you. Something about him wanting to know us, something about him wanting to reveal the light on the deepest parts of our lives. And Nicodemus is stuck there. He wants to go for it. But he doesn't know if he's ready. And maybe you're in the same position tonight. And maybe that's why God brought you and I together this evening. So, what do you think happened? Because now, Nicodemus has shown up twice. But this story is just a two or three verse little glimpse into where he's at. Should we continue reading on? I think so too. John 19. This is the last. uh, This is after Jesus has been crucified. Check this out. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly... Because he feared the Jewish leaders. Isn't that interesting? So there seems to be many people who kind of wanted to follow Jesus, but they weren't ready to go for it completely yet. With Pilate's permission, he came in and he took the body away. And he was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus in the night. Isn't it fascinating that Joseph was afraid of people like Nicodemus? And they're both on their, their kind of secret faith journeys. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, side note, not in my message at all, no notes about this. You have no idea how close somebody is to entering from darkness into light. Some of you are so terrified to invite a friend to youth group. And really, once you do it, it's going to change their life forever. 
And they're this close. They just need an invite. You see it in this story. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds, taking Jesus' body. The two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. We get a third glimpse of Nicodemus. Once again, short and sweet, but it's fascinating. I'll get there in one second, though. Remember how John started his gospel with in the beginning? And it echoed what book? Genesis in the beginning. And where did the story of Genesis take place in the beginning? In the garden. And where was Jesus buried? In the garden. Jesus is buried in the garden. It's like a restoration of Garden of Eden occurring here. In fact, in John 20, when he raises up to new life, Mary says, who are you, the gardener? She thinks he's the gardener because Jesus kind of is. He's the new Adam. It's a, it's, a, it's a restoration of this whole Genesis picture. But let me show you one more thing. Let me show you one more thing, and then uh, will you come up and play keys? Thank you. See, it's believed that Jesus was crucified at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. It's believed that he hung on a cross for six hours. Died at 3 p.m. See, a lot of scripture readings about connecting the dots. Connecting the dots. Seeing the story. Gospel writers are notorious for not giving you the whole picture because they want you to dig into it. Read some of Luke's stuff. It's incredible. But check this out. If that's the case, if it's about 3, 4, 5 p.m., then when's Nicodemus and Joseph going and getting the body of the uh, crucified Jesus? Broad daylight. When did Nicodemus visit Jesus in 3? In the night. Where is he at now? He's in the light. It took 16 chapters. It took overcoming a whole bunch of fears. It took having to see Jesus crucified on a Roman rugged cross. But by 19, Joseph's ready to say there was something different about this Jesus. There's something unique about this Jesus. And young person, I don't know where you're at in this room tonight, but the story of Nicodemus is much like our story. It poses a question to us. John themes his whole gospel with this theme of light and darkness and the struggle between the two of them, and he personifies the battle of Nicodemus. I'm convinced of it, because why else would he say, Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. He's trying to remind us of something. And the question is, if we can pull up this final question, it's this. Will we step out of darkness into the full light of Jesus? I'm talking something way beyond, do you go to church every week? 
I'm talking about something way beyond you go to youth service every week. I'm talking about have you fully surrendered those fears? Have you fully received the healing for the neglect or abandonment you faced? Have you fully given up hope in your way of doing things and been utterly convinced that there is no way but the way of Jesus? The way, the truth, the life, and the light of the world. Would you stand with me tonight? Whole worship team, you guys can come up too. So, um, let me talk to you real quick about sea turtles. Because that has a lot to do with my message, right? You're like, what the heck? Some of you junior hires are like, yeah, I love sea turtles, man. It's awesome. A um, couple years back, there was a sea turtle crisis. Uh, they were noticing that sea turtles were dying at rapid rates. Some of you are like, what, is, what, what are you talking about? You just talked to me about John and Nicodemus for like six hours, and now you're talking about turtles. You're weird, man. Yeah, I am. My, my wife thinks so, too. She still loves me, though. And uh, they started uh, doing research because sea turtles were dying at such rapid rates, they had to figure out what is going on. Is there something in the water? And... Uh, for years and years and years and years since like the beginning and foundational moments of creation turtles when it got to a certain time in the day or the evening they would always go to the brightest place and for most of human history the brightest place was always the moon reflecting off the ocean so the turtles would naturally find their way back into their habitat because of the light there. But man started the industrial and technological revolution and it made city lights shine brighter than the moonlight. So the turtles would get confused. And they'd start going to the false light. And on their way to the false light, they would die. And you want to know why I come from Ohio all the way down to Florida to share a message with you. Because I'm convinced that this message is a message of life or death. That's not to scare you. Because I'm not just talking about a heaven and hell thing here. I'm talking about some people are living in hell right now. What I mean by that is they're doing the same thing over and over and over again and nothing's changing. They call that insanity. Nothing changes. It's the same perpetual cycle all of the time and nothing changes. And Jesus says, I came to give life and life in abundance. So we have to make a decision. Are we going to step out of darkness? And are we going to make sure we're pursuing the true light? Because there's another light too. There's a light called popularity. There's a light called fame. There's a light called fortune. There's a light called the perfect relationship. 
and it appears to be good. It appears to be true. It appears to be the route that every single person should take. But in the end, it's going to leave you thirsty, dehydrated, and dead. And some of you, tonight's message actually wasn't even about you. Some of you, you're doing well with Jesus. But now it's time to start reaching in and pulling other people out of the darkness. See, what I love about John's story with Nicodemus is in John 3, Nicodemus is fully in the dark. And in John 19, he's appearing to be walking in the light. Do you have faith enough to believe that though somebody's in chapter 3 of their story right now, there's a chapter 19 coming? Do you have faith enough to believe that though somebody may be caught in darkness now, they could end up in the light by the end of their story? Because you might be the only person that believes for that person. Even when they don't have any faith. I'm not saying it's on you. You can't save anybody. But you might be the best representation of Jesus that they'll ever get. You know, most of the world will never read this story. Ever. Ever. You know, most Christians will never read this story. That's the times we're living in. Biblically illiterate culture. So if people don't read the story, and if people don't come to church, what happens? How do they hear? Well, praise God that you asked, because you're the living story that God's writing. He said, but my friends will never come to church. Every time you take them to coffee, they go to church. You're the church. He said, people will never read the Bible. But there's three testaments, y'all. He said, that's heresy. No, it's not. The prophet said that one day God will write his law on paper, or not on paper, but on people. There's the Old Testament, there's the New Testament, guess, but guess what? There's the U Testament. He said people will never read the Bible. Oh yeah, they will. They'll read your life. And your life will tell them what's in this story. How Jesus raises dead people to life. How Jesus raises lost people into found people. How Jesus takes people from darkness and puts them into the light. Close your eyes all over this room tonight. Illuminate youth group. Man, I love that. Illuminate. Illuminate. To illuminate something means to shed light on. What a perfect image for tonight. I have two questions tonight as we close. Young person in the room that you've been grappling, you've been wrestling, you've been doubting, you've been afraid, you've been terrified. Is Jesus ever so softly tugging at your heart tonight saying, it's going to be okay, child. Come near. Come close. I love you. And if that's you tonight, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to step from darkness into light. Will you raise your hand for me in this room? Come on, I'm the only person looking right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. 
And for others of you in this room, is it time to take the light back to your family, back to your friends, back to your community? High schools all over, middle schools all over this area. If God is putting a burning desire on your heart, that I've got to do something with what I learned tonight. If that's you in this room, I want you to raise your hand. Hands all over this room. Hands all over this room. So what we've done tonight, I want our leaders to make their way towards these tables over here. I want students, you want, I want you to begin to funnel into the middle, students. Funnel into the middle. Let the leaders through. And how you're going to respond to this message tonight is you're going to bring some things into the light. Literally. There's little candles on each one of these tables. And for every candle that's lit, when you go up and you light that candle, Pastor George or other youth leaders are going to pray for you. The worship team is going to lead during this moment. They're going to pray for you. As you light that candle, it's a representation that either you are coming from darkness into the light or that you're lighting that candle for somebody. And I want you to give that youth leader a name of that person. Do you know who it was for me? my mom and dad for years my aunt my mom and my dad I got to baptize them a year and a half ago but we're not done yet because my sister still hasn't fully stepped into the light so we're contending with you we're here for you but let's go to the Lord let's go get prayer tonight for these things so make your move make your move if that's you I want you if you raised your hand Go talk to a leader, find your way, light that, light that candle. And if that's not you, funnel into the middle, let people have their moments over there, and let's sing this song. Let's sing this song one more time. Tremble tonight. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, y'all, let's sing this out tonight. Don't just passively disengage. Sing this out. Make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Your name is a light. Come on, let's lift it up. See, your name is a light that the shadows can't delight. Your name cannot be Your name is a light. Sing that again. Come on, sing it like you believe it tonight. Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is a light forever lifted high. Your name cannot be Shadows can't deny 
Come on, lift your hands up if you're comfortable. Let's cry out to Jesus tonight. Is alive forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. Jesus, sing Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, oh, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence be. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Hey guys, thanks again for joining our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, thank you again for Pastor Joe for sharing that message. If you enjoyed this, please share, subscribe. We want you to make sure you have all the content uh, that is youth speaking to youth or even some of our youth pastors that come in and will speak. And so uh, thank you guys again, and we'll see you next time.